0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Austin Common Radio Hour. I'm your host, Amy Stansbury, and today we're talking about mental health and our criminal justice system. And why is that? Well, one, it's an important topic. And two, on March 21st, the Travis County Commissioner's Court voted to take the first steps towards creating a mental health diversion center right here in Travis County. And what is a mental health diversion center? Well, the idea is to create a facility where someone can go to receive treatment, instead of being sent to jail, if they're arrested while experiencing a mental health episode. To tell us more about this important vote and what it means for our community, let's listen in on an interview I recorded with Travis County Judge Andy Brown. Oh, but before that, a few useful civic explainers for you. Travis County is the county where most of Austin is located. It also includes surrounding suburbs like Flukerville, Manor, and Bee Cave. And the Travis County Commissioner's Court is the chief policy-making arm of the county-level government. So it's kind of like city council, but for the entire county. And the Commissioner's Court is made up of four commissioners and the county judge, who presides over the court and is the county's chief administrator. And despite all of these legal-sounding names, neither the Commissioner's Court nor the county judge really have much to do with, like, a courtroom. Like I said, they're more like a mayor and city council, However, the Commissioner's Court does have a lot of influence over our criminal justice system because the county runs our jails, much of our local courtrooms, and the sheriff's department. And the Commissioner's Court makes budgetary and policy decisions for all of these local institutions. Okay, so make sense? (laughs) Let's get to the interview. Again, here's Travis County Judge Andy Brown. All right, I am here with Travis County Judge Andy Brown, and we're... Talking about mental health diversions and criminal justice issues today, because you all are working on um, an, an exciting topic here, um, some, working on something interesting at the commissioner's court. So why don't you just set it up for us? Um, you're about to take a vote. We're recording this on a Monday. I think you're taking the vote tomorrow on a Tuesday. What is that about?
1: Yeah, so the vote tomorrow is Commissioner Trevilian and myself are bringing a resolution to the commissioner's court. To direct staff to start the process of building a mental health diversion center. And it gives some timelines in it. And uh, basically, the staff will then come back. If that passes tomorrow, the staff would then come back after a few months and give us the plan for an RFP, which is something we have to do at the county to get anything built.
0: Request for proposal, right?
1: Exactly. Yep. And then that RFP would go out for the design of the diversion center. And then once that comes back, we would then vote on the final design and and the contractor to build it. And so it's not going to be built tomorrow. Uh, It will take a couple of years, most likely to build the thing uh, because of we have competitive bid processes and all sorts of things that we need to follow. Um, But I have, you know, in other places they have built them in as little time as 18 months which I would love to get there, but I know that's probably a little optimistic. So probably two, two and a half years is more realistic.
0: Right. And so what do we mean when we talk about a mental health diversion center? What does what does that look like? What, what purpose does that serve?
1: Yeah. So back in I don't know, 2014, me and Judge Nancy Hohengarten co-chaired this effort to get a sobering center here in Austin. And we pulled together people in the mental health community, law enforcement. EMS, healthcare, um, other advocates, uh, county government folks, city council folks. And this is all before I was county judge. And we met like once a month for a couple of years, actually, to look at the different options for sobering centers around the country. Finally settled on it, worked it out to where the county would pay for the facility and renovate the facility and the city would pay the operating costs. And it's now been up and running for a couple of years. I think close to 8,000 people have been diverted away from the criminal justice system altogether. So what that means is police and EMS and now others can bring people to the sobering center instead of the jail or the hospital. And they have a a safe place to sober up from any substance, not just alcohol, but any, any drug or anything like that. And then the next day is sort of where the quandary is. It's like there are just not enough options in our county for people who want mental health care, people who want substance use recovery, uh, especially if they don't have great insurance or or indigent. So this uh, mental health diversion center would be kind of one piece of, of what is missing here in Austin and Travis County. There are something like 12 other cities or counties in Texas that already have one. There's a bunch across the U.S., and the basic is that if a police officer or a you know, deputy sheriff arrests you, they bring you to central booking. And then in central booking with a mental health diversion center, at least the way it works in Nashville, for example, the person gets kind of a mental health assessment. And then the psychiatrist who runs the diversion center and the prosecutor, who in our case would be Delia Garza in her office agree on the criteria of people who qualify for the diversion center. And so after they're booked, they go to the diversion center, they receive, you know, medication treatment, counseling from the psychiatrist and the staff. And in Nashville, the average length of stay is about 14 days. It can vary a little bit up to 30 days, but usually it's around 14. And if the person sort of complies with all of that and completes the program, then their charges are expunged from the record and the uh, diversion center works to place that person either with a family member or some kind of supportive housing. In Nashville, they actually have a policy of not returning anyone to the to the streets or to unhoused areas.
0: Wow. So, so what you're talking about here, and then like, how does someone end up in this system? You know, we're talking about police arresting. Is it... it Do we expect it's people who are experiencing homelessness? Like, how do these people end up often in the criminal justice system in the first place? Are these like, quote unquote, lifestyle crimes that we hear about sometimes? Or can it be something larger, but the police or EMS feel like there's some underlying issue here? Like,
1: Yeah, I've heard, you know, frustrations from all sorts of people in our community that we're the, the basic of it to me is that we are not providing enough mental health uh, services in our community. And that results in people like you described, like a, a Royal Blue grocery store, for example. They have reached out to me and I know to others about people who seem to have mental health issues that are maybe committing trespass or some real minor crime, but are are, are there. And if they get arrested, they're often back there very soon without having received any sort of treatment. So that's definitely, you know, one sort of group that is um wants to see more mental health services provided in our community. Um the I think the other is just the fact that there are the state of Texas is supposed to provide indigent mental health care in this state. It's supposed to be a robust system and it's not. And so the result is that we when somebody gets arrested in Travis County if they have a mental illness um they currently go in through central booking, we have a little questionnaire that we asked that the sheriff asked them to determine if they have a mental health need. And pre-COVID, it was about 21% of the jail population that they determined, yes, had a mental health need that was not addressed. Today, it's almost 50%. It's over something like 42, 44% of the jail population. So that means today we have people sitting in the jail. It's a Almost a thousand people right now, because the jail population is 2,200 or so, who have an unmet mental health need, which makes our jail the largest mental health facility in Travis County. just like the jail in just about every county in Texas is the largest mental health facility in that county. And that's just an unacceptable state of affairs. Nobody of affairs. nobody benefits from that. The people in jail are not getting the treatment they need. The state of Texas, which is supposed to help people who are in jail, And deemed not competent to stand trial, they're supposed to be able to go to the state hospital, uh, get on meds, get some kind of treatment to where they can understand what happens in the courtroom, and then come back, have trial and get out. The reality, though, is today people can wait, I think, as much as 11 months in our Travis County Jail, waiting for a state bed. So there's a lot of unmet needs and problems that are resulting in us spending way more money than we need to at the Travis County Jail. People spending way more time in the jail than they ever should because of this inability of the state to address the mental uh, health situation. And this diversion center, what it would do is keep people out of the jail. They would never go to the Del Valley campus of the jail. They instead would get some amount of mental health treatment and stabilization, hopefully lowering that number significantly. Like if you look at, at Nashville, for example, they, finished construction on their mental health diversion center a little over two years ago. And over the last two years, Nashville's jail population has been going down. Ours has been going up rapidly and the two cities are kind of similar in size. They're both blue counties, blue cities inside of a red state. There's a lot of similar similarities there. Um, And so I think there are lots of proven models around the country that if we provide this care, uh, people will benefit. In Nashville, for example, people who go through the Mental Health Diversion Center have a 70% lower recidivism rate than people who do not. So, you know, I wish I could say we we're on like the cutting edge of, of mental health uh, services with this, but we're not. We're frankly way behind other cities and counties. And so this is just one thing that we need to do, I think, to improve the situation here.
0: Yeah and you know this probably feeds into you mentioned it there but we've been having an ongoing conversation here as a community about the size of our jail and whether or not it should be expanded you know that's been a big conversation and uh, I assume I know that's been a priority of yours of trying to make sure that we're not growing our jail population uh, I assume that fits into it significantly.
1: Yeah if if they're just just taking the snapshot of where we are today they're with 2200 people or so in the jail eight to 900 of them with an unmet mental health need if we instead took those people out and got them treatment so that they did not you know end up back on the streets or back in jail or or somewhere as a result of their mental illness but instead got treatment got supportive housing uh found ways for them to get the long-term treatment and and support that they need um you know our society would be safer people would be healthier and happier we would save Untold amounts of money uh, in emergency rooms, in our jails, but uh, f- law enforcement time. You know, every, I, this is one of those things that I haven't met anybody yet who's not in favor of it, either from the law enforcement side or the, you know, kind of criminal justice reform side or the mental health policy side. Everybody thinks we need to do be doing a lot more than we are, and this is a good step forward. Um, we hired. Uh, Steve Strakowski and who who works at Dell Medical School to put together a team to study why what can we do better than we are doing today to reduce the number of people in jail with mental health issues. And they came back a week or two ago with their report and it had several recommendations one of which was to build and and develop a mental health diversion center another was providing counsel at first appearance um we have others are just an additional uh, resources for people who are having mental health crises in the county. I think we need all of those things. And frankly, we need to start somewhere. And so that's why I'm pushing really hard to go ahead and get the ball rolling on this because it's going to take a while. There's people right now suffering because they're sitting in the jail without getting the help they need. Um, people in our community are not happy with the, the mental health services we're uh, we're not providing and frankly the state of Texas hasn't been providing for quite some time so I'm looking forward to doing this as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah you know and I I wonder too when we're talking um when we're talking about this obviously funding is going to be a big issue here we're still in the very early stages but what what do we how do we imagine some of this funding might get put together what's the funding model look like in other cities?
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's a huge issue. So in, in Texas, the way the legislature does it, of course, is tries to make it a low services state in their mind. And the result of that, frankly, is that local governments and emergency rooms and jails bear the brunt of this allegedly low services state that we live in. Uh, counties, however, are capped at, we can only increase our budget basically 3.5% each year because the legislature put that cap on it a couple of years ago. Um, so operating anything in the county is, is tough because of that limited tax base that we have. We also have a healthcare district in Travis County. So it's called Central Health. The county created it, I think back in 2006, along with the legislature, Senator Barrientos, uh, and others, I think Watson had some role in it. If I remember right, I can't quite remember what the circumstances were in 06, but I know Senator Barrientos was active in it. Um, they do not have that same limit of a 3.5% cap on what they can increase each year. So one possibility would be that Central Health through community care, which is the sort of a service provider that is funded by Central Health that does a lot of great work in our community for the indigent commun- uh, population. Um, they were instrumental in helping us get everybody vaccinated at Circuit of the Americas during COVID, really amazing organization. I talked to Jason Fournier, who's the head of that, pitched this idea of maybe they could run the, the diversion center. And he did not immediately say no. So I take that as, uh, you know, potential. Um, so that, that would be one possibility. The cost of, of running this, at least based on what they're doing in Nashville, probably will be about two and a half or $3 million a year. That's what we're seeing as an estimate. Building it could be done through either a bond or a certificate of obligation. So that would be, since it's a one-time expense, it's, a, it's different than ongoing every year expenses. And so that cost I've heard anywhere from 20 to 30 million, somewhere around there to build the diversion center. Um, so central health through community care is one option, the county just directly funding it, um, another option. Uh, we could also go the way that we did with the sobering center, which is the county, because it does have a much smaller budget than the city of Austin, the county paid for the facility basically, and this the city pays the operating costs. So we could, you know, set up a similar model here. Um again, I've talked to several city council members who love this idea as well. Uh, and so I think it's something that that we'll be able to find the right, the right funding for just a kind of question of negotiating through it, I guess.
0: Yeah, you know, two to three million dollars actually doesn't sound like a very high operating cost compared to other city budget things, <laughs> you know, um, so, so that's, that part is encouraging, I guess, you know, I, I'm also be curious how this fits into our larger conversation and work on homelessness. You know, I know the county's been investing a lot more money into homelessness services. So has the city. Obviously it's an ongoing issue. Uh, do you see this kind of working hand in hand with some of our homelessness services? Um, Cause I assume there's probably a good deal of overlap there potentially.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I remember, like, when we first started with the sobering center, there was some thought that it would somehow it would just serve the homeless population, and it it doesn't. It's more than that. There is obviously a significant number of people who are unhoused that go through the sobering center, but a lot of folks um, who are not and just having you know had too much to drink or got too high or whatever uh, take advantage of that. But it's it's an interesting spectrum of people across all sort of. wealth brackets i guess the diversion center i think would have a population of unhoused people um would not be limited to that necessarily but i think i think it's a huge step forward and i think will vastly improve the situation for austin and travis county but it's not the only thing we need to do so i think the thinking through how it works, people, you know, if somebody gets arrested, they go to the diversion center, they get help from the psychiatrist there, they get stabilized. At the end of the 14 or 30 days, what, what's next? How do you, they not end up back there? And part of it, at least what they do in Nashville is as soon as the person enters the diversion center, they try to find, is there a family member? If not, is there supportive housing or, or some kind of services that they can connect them with afterwards Again, an area that we are sorely sorely lacking here in Austin and Travis County. But to your point, the city and the county are investing heavily in increasing that supportive housing um, capacity. And so I think what the county did with our $110 million of of ARPA Rescue Act funding that we voted to put towards supportive housing, most of those should be up and running. In about two years, hopefully by the time this is online, that we would have an increased number of supportive housing options. I'm also completely in favor of increasing funding either to integral care or others to provide uh, crisis care, which is done on a very small capacity right now at the Herman Center and what Williamson County is doing and what they're calling a diversion center, but it's a little different than what we're trying to do here. In my opinion, it's more of a mental health crisis center. Um, and then respite bad, beds, just having sort of step-down beds for people either leaving the state hospital, maybe leaving the mental health diversion center, other places to where they can have a smoother transition back to wherever they're going next. But yeah, this I see this as sort of sobering center, I think, was a great step. This is another good step, but we still have a lot to do on the back end to keep people uh, kind of stabilized and getting the services that they need. Uh, to kind of maintain um, that stabilization.
0: Right. Because I know there's been a lot of conversation about kind of the lack of general mental health care services throughout our community um, in general for for years and years and years and and years of lessened funding for those services as well from the state and federal levels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tragic. And it's, it's, you know, there there was this movement back, I don't know, it, when Reagan was president, and I think Clemens was governor or whatever, to, that there had been abuses and terrible stories about treatment of people in mental health institutions. And I think that combined with, you know, some of the smaller government desires of Reagan and others like him led to a significant reduction in mental health institutions. I may have butchered that history, but that's, that's my understanding of what happened, And now today, it's, it's that we're seeing how life plays out when there's not enough mental health help. And so my hope is that we can get to a place where we're providing mental health resources robustly in our community. It's going to be very expensive to do that. At the same time, it will be cheaper in the long run than the path we're currently on where businesses suffer, uh, people go in and out of jail repeatedly without getting the help that they need. Um, that just the cost of of people that that do that on our system is is great. Um, so I think we need to rebuild our system. I think the state needs to do it. I'm encouraged a little bit in that it does not. This doesn't seem like the most partisan thing in the world. Um, I know it's got roots in that, but I think it, today you'll find a lot of Republicans, um, you know, joining us on on the desire to provide more mental health services like diversion centers and others. Uh, so I hope we can get there. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, going forward, you mentioned taking the vote tomorrow, staff will, you know, if that passes, start to assemble kind of the initial plan. Will there be opportunity for the public to be engaged in what this might look like? Um, what if people are really passionate about this issue? What should they keep an eye out for? How can they follow along with this process?
1: Yeah, th- there's going to be a lot of opportunities for folks to um, kind of weigh in on this and and see how it's going. It's going to be a very public process. Um, we've got, so just to the back up a little bit, when we hired, let me back up even before that. So in Howard, the county commissioner and I kind of brought this concept of building a mental health diversion center, I think two budget budget cycles ago, like right after we had both started. Um it didn't seem to have the support of the full court, frankly, and so um, I, we kind of went back to the drawing board, hired Dr. Strakowski and his team to lead an effort to look at to kind of get more details about what it is that we need to do that. he we all put together like us and him, uh, a committee of people with lived experience, um, people from law enforcement prosecutors, I think the sheriff, the county attorney, the district attorney, but then also um, people with lived experience, people who work in the mental health community were on the steering committee of that. And they worked for a, a year, year and a half, I think, to get even more input. They all reached out. They had subcommittees and they worked through all of this for a very long time to come up with this, what seems like a great recommendation that I frankly think we need all of. Um, And so... I hope we have, we've got the the argument there I, to to pass it, and if we do, then uh, first of all, people can talk during commissioner's court. Everybody gets to call in and they can they can make their opinion heard or come down to commissioner's court um, in the morning. Uh, also, whenever it comes back to court, they'll have other opportunities. But part of this resolution, I think, what Commissioner Howard actually posted something that she's interested in doing is making sure that the two departments that will work on this, which is Justice Public's Justice Planning Department of the County and the Health and Human Services Department, that they make sure they're reaching out to um, the community and the, the BHAC group that has also looked at this issue for a long time to make sure that their input is taken into consideration.
0: And so then um, we talked a little bit there about Mental Health Diversion Center, that coming up. Um, Anything else that the county commissioner's court has worked on recently or that you see on the horizon that you want to just plug or let people know about, give them a little update.
1: Yeah, totally. So I know that. um, So this, you know, best case scenario, we'd have this in two years, worst case, three years. But either way, that's a long time from now where there's going to be a lot of unmet mental health needs continuing in our community. I know that Commissioner Howard is very interested and, and others on the city council as well trying to do something with the footprint that we have currently to increase the availability of mental health um, services. And so the current provider of that is largely integral care. They have some facilities around the county that I think if they got additional funding, they could do more in terms of people who are having a mental health crisis, which again, is kind of the model of what Williamson County has done and what the the Herman Center here in Austin and Travis County does it's just like the Herman center, for example, has a very small capacity. I think it's something like four beds that people who are having a mental health crisis can be brought there by law enforcement. And then under state law, they, they're sort of forced to stay there for up to 48 hours to get some initial treatment. And then they can voluntarily stay there for another 10 or 11 days. And they have another, I think 10 beds in there. So it's, it's a good facility, in my opinion, underutilized and also too small, Um so, what we could do in the interim is provide additional funding to integral care to try to to offer that same service in more places, something I would completely support because um, again, I think it's super important and one thing I didn't touch on is that in Miami, there's a guy uh judge Leifman who is a who was a probate judge kind of in Florida, and he started looking at this twenty years ago and they've got what seems to be the best model in the country in Florida. It's way more robust than. Frankly, we have the funding for right now, but a mental health diversion center is part of it. And I hope someday we can get to to be the the same way. But what they figured out is that there's something like in Miami, there's like 97 people who create much of the cost of, of all of this. And they have honed in on getting those 97 people, the treatment that they need, the housing that they need, things like that. And I think it has been very successful. And Judge Leifman came and spoke to the commissioner's court once about this and has spoken other places. Um, So that's another thing that we can focus on, I think, in the short term is is that subset of a population that is a sort of uh, frequent visitor to the emergency rooms and to the jails, not getting the help that they need, figuring out how can we focus on them, get them every bit of mental health help they need, find supportive housing for them. I think that's something we can start doing. Um, immediately, uh, to kind of focus it in. And then I think this diversion center will have a very good long-term effect on uh, getting people the help they need rather than just circling through the criminal justice system.
0: And that was Travis County Judge Andy Brown. And again, that interview was recorded the day before the Commissioner's Court meeting. On Tuesday, March 21st, the Commissioner's Court did vote yes to move forward with the first steps in creating a mental health diversion center for Travis County. And we'll be sure to keep you posted as that process moves along. But for now, that's pretty much our show for today. The Austin Common Radio Hour is brought to you in partnership by the Austin Common and Co-op Radio. The Austin Common is a local news source that helps Austinites be informed and make a difference in their community. You can learn more about The Austin Common by visiting theaustincommon.com or following us on Instagram at the underscore austin underscore common. Co-op is a cooperatively run community radio station based in Austin, Texas. To listen to more of Co-op's amazing lineup of shows, visit koop.org or tune in to 91.7 FM. This show is hosted by me, Amy Stansberry, and produced by John Hoffner. You can find podcasts of the Austin Common Radio Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. And one quick friendly request on this, if you like our show and you find it useful, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on your favorite podcast app. It really does help us to be seen and heard by more folks in Austin. So thank you in advance if you're able to do that for us. Thanks for listening.